are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in to the free podcast here on the Steve Day Show, courtesy of CRTV, our benevolent overlords, which a few months ago saw fit, provided we are willing to do more work and produce extra content, to put it out there for quote unquote free on the interwebs on iHeart, iTunes, and Stitcher. And there should be news any day now that we are expanding the reach of this podcast. So make sure that uh, you are listening uh, for that. We're very excited about uh, what is uh, going to be announced soon, as well as the announcement that was made yesterday. Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty team, uh, Duck Dynasty fame is joining the team here at CRTV. So never been a better time to try that promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. You won't just get our show, but you'll get Phil Robertson. You'll get the great one, Mark Levin, the entire team here at CRTV. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. We have a free trial. So if you try it during that period and you don't like it, you can cancel and not have you, not have not be charged one iota. We also have monthly subscription options available for you as well. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Todd, Aaron, and Kim are here. We just wrapped up tape today's Dace Group Weekly Roundtable. Let's get a little tease of what's to come today here on CRTV. Kim, I'll start with you. What do you want the audience to be looking forward to? I think a really good discussion about what's going on with um, with Hollywood and um, in particular Harvey Weinstein and Amazon and Ben Affleck. Todd? Another good discussion about uh, Trump threatening perhaps or just blustering about shutting down media outlets along with uh twitter actually shutting people down on its side and probably getting her elected in the uh, the process about how to negotiate that playing field how to change that paradigm is that possible um how open is the market uh, we had some varied ideas about that. You know, it, it, ultimately we came down. To, we we found out we all agreed a little bit more than we disagreed uh, at the outset. But um, a, a very interesting discussion, Aaron. Yeah, uh, I, I think the discussion about uh, Harvey Weinstein and uh, Hollywood at large. Um, that uh, that 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 actually what you said, what you explained about this story going away, and I think it'll be interesting for uh, people if they go over to CRTV and watch it. Uh, I think what you explained and kind of Kim's position as well uh, that that is something that we will not see a whole lot of. Uh, as if, as as it pertains to progressives having the moral high ground, you'll have to watch the show to see what I'm talking about. Uh, but I thought that was the most interesting part. You don't want to miss it. Promo code DACE, CRTV.com, D-E-A-C-E. Get your reduced discounted subscription. Use my name. Lots of people use it for nefarious purposes. This one will actually benefit you. Promo code DACE, CRTV.com. I was just retweeting something from the Huffington Post. They have a picture of the cast of Broadway's Miss Saigon taking a knee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> America on its knees. If that's not a metaphor alert, there never, ever was one. 
Okay. They are so proud in their stupidity. I, I just... You can't even? I, I, I can't even with these people anymore. So let's get to some feedback Friday. See if we can't even with you people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or if you can't even with us. Yeah, that's that might right. be it. Yeah, they're out there screaming back. What do you mean? We can't even with you. We can't even you. <laughs> that's right. Why do you think we're sending in our feedback? Okay, this one ends on the horse you rode in on. This one ends your mama. Okay, we're not going to do those. <laughs> Let's find some constructive criticism because you know that's my favorite kind, guys. Yeah. Because there's mine. no such thing. I can't, I there's can't, no such thing. I can't even with criticism, actually. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a snowflake. <laughs> If you want us to respond to your feedback here on the show, send it in to us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Beth Melson in Edmond, Oklahoma asks a very difficult question. If no revival occurs, at what point would each of you consider moving to another country? Like the pilgrims, right? What would it take and where would you live? I will start. I've already thought about this one. Thanks, have Beth. Yeah, I know you. Why do I know this? <laughs> you have an escape plan. You've looked at expatriated monetary rates. Hey, I've got a go bag. You don't? I, what I'm going to need. I, I, I'm, I, I finna get all Pentecostal right about now, okay? Yeah, the middle-aged white guy just dropped finna. That happened, yes. You know what happened is... Ever since I got into a Twitter war with Al B. Shore, my horizons have just been greatly uh, greatly broadened ever since I then. I told you. So yes. proud of you. Um, I'm woke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a charismatic act like the audible voice of God to tell me to move to another country. It's going to take that, Beth. Because... Because you are the ugly I'm American. I'm the ugly American, yes. <laughs> I am the ugly American. As bad as it is getting, it's still pretty good. I can still do Taco Bell instead of authentic Mexican food, which is my preference. There's at least 35 different places I can go for onion rings. I can DVR every college football game in America. I've got this new thing, Movie Pass. I was talking about this yesterday. <laughs> All right. So what I'm trying to tell you is I know on several fronts I can be a bit of a beacon for some of you when it comes to courage of conviction. This is not going to be one of them. You just need to know this up front, okay? All right, we're just going to keep it real. camp either. Yes, we're just going to keep it real. You just need to know I can't be counted on here. All right? And, and that way... Later on, if you choose to take a scorpion for a pet and it stings you, I warned you. Don't count on me here. I'm not your huckleberry. I'm going to get dragged kicking and screaming. I mean, it, I'm going to need, and it won't just even be one day of sulfur. I mean, it's going to have to, we're going to have to see sulfur in the extended forecast before I'm even going to contemplate it. And even then, I'm going to wait for the charismatic, audible voice of God. I, I'm going to need, I'm going to get my, uh, for, for the Pentecostals listing, I'm about to get some serious street, cred, street cred. Ready? I'm going to need to see an Azusa Street level event before I go there because I'm, I'm the ugly American, Todd. I, and, and, I'm, and I've owned it. I admit it. And better yet, 
I prayed about it, and I feel real good about where I'm at right now. <laughs> and that's what we care about. <laughs> Indeed. That is the, that's the doctrine of Sola Feels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I go to Vatican City. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, you Did know, Taco I'm, Bell there. <laughs> hey, this is this is my thing. <laughs> Don't tell me to that was his way of That's saying I, tap out. I will eat authentic Mexican in Vatican City. No, the the, the question the question Todd's asking is is there the, that he's wondering is is there vinegar in the Vatican City? Nice. I, right. I kind of got a no more room at the end vibe from his response totally. there. Did you guys get yeah, to catch that a little bit? Totally we're shut down. Shut yeah. the gates of neat you, folks. Yeah, for sure. You know, Beth, I'm relying that we will know when it's time to go. I mean, he will tell us, you know, flee to the mountains kind of thing. I will know when that is. Until then, I'm, I'm not going. But I have contemplated Costa Rica. Um, they did get hit pretty hard with this storm. It's called Nate. But that was one of the places I thought, I, yeah, I could probably do that. I'm going to need an Azusa Street prophet named Petra to come to me and say, when you see the abomination of desolation run, that anything short of that... And I'm going to be all like, what time's the game on tonight? I just need you to know. I'm just keeping it real, Aaron. I just need you to know. See, I don't think I'm going to like go to another country. I'll probably just buy a sailboat, Desmond mm. Hume style. Uh, and start, 12, 16, yeah. 24. No, tw- yeah, 4, yeah. 8, 15, 16, 23, yeah. 42. Yeah. Um, and start looking for the island from Lost. Right. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. Meanwhile, Kim is on stage three of her 19 stage evacuation plan. <laughs> Should it get that bad? <laughs> and I have it coordinated with the kids. And so. color-coded. In yeah. fact, color-coded. Gosh, I wish. Yes. Robert Horn says, I listened to a recent podcast. You were talking about what rights are. You said a right is based off a state of being and not a lifestyle or a preference. And you listed off race, creed, and disability as state of beings. However, my understanding is creed is your religion, which is a which is a lifestyle and not a state of being. You aren't born a Christian. You, you can't call yourself Christian. You can go to church, but those are lifestyle choices, not a state of being. What are your thoughts on this? Robert, if I did say this, you are correct. That's why I wanted to read this. Because we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago when he sent this note. So, Robert, if I did say you're, that a creed is a state of being, then you are right about that. It is not a state of being. Okay? Then it, then it becomes you have a right to your creed, provided your creed does not interfere with someone else's right to theirs. So, for example, there are some religions that do have a, a, a hereditary aspect to them. For example, in Judaism, the Jewishness is passed on through the mother. Right. Okay? So you are welcome to accept that as a Jew. You're welcome to inherit that mantle. You have a right to that creed because you accepting the the mantle of your Jewishness from your mom doesn't get in any way of anybody else exercising their creed. You may have a religion, though, where you accepted from your um, uh, from, from your uh, gothic uh, master uh, that it's okay to practice, you know, goat sacrifice. In that case, your creed might get in the way of somebody else's creed, so you don't automatically inherit that as a state of being. So I just wanted to clarify that in case I did say that, because Robert is correct. Everybody all right with that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Glad he wrote in. Because that's a very important conversation. Yeah, it's good. Very to, important good conversation. Good to have it clarified. Matt asks, how much of an issue 
would our issues with the Republican Party be if the leadership was different? Look at the leader. Look at the leadership now: Trump, McConnell, Ryan, all posers, um, the fakes, frauds, windsocks. Now swap those out with Cruz, Lee, and Gomer. How would the national political dialogue be different, and that includes the likes of Hannity, Ingram, Limbaugh, etc., if a solid conservative agenda and principles were being pushed from the top? Let's discuss this, Todd. I'll start with you. What do you think? Well, uh, the conversation. uh, The conversation would be different at times. Uh, The press would jump on the things that uh, Cruz and company would would want to do as the press already does already does um, but but uh, we would have capable advocates uh, laying out uh, the argument but you you still behind then have the we're presuming that they could get there, which they can't because they don't have the votes. But that, so let's say they magically get there because everybody got amnesia for a day. They still they don't have the votes. They don't have the support. They will be mocked by their own party. So the conversation. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, you'll occasionally have some very interesting conversations, but they will stop there. It it won't lead to policy. Well, I think it's an interesting, um, interesting question. So, Matt, for me, if it were Cruz, Lee, and Gomer, and of course I would have said Paul, but um, that means that they were voted by conservative members. That would mean that you would have a majority of people that were conservative, and then if that were the case, and you had these good spokesmen, and you knew that you could get the media to actually, you know, the conservative media to actually um, push forward those principles it would mean all the difference but then you're looking at who voted for those conservative members who would vote for their paul i'm going to put paul in there matt um paul cruz lee and gomer so aaron i think that um the advocacy that the, the word that todd just used a little bit that would be about the only thing that would be different because we talk about the presidential bully pulpit well there is a bit of a, a, a bully pulpit that's involved with having leadership at the very top in both chambers of of congress that would be about the only positive though because the, the same people that vote over and over and over again for the John Boehners and Mitch McConnells of the world are the same people that Cruz, Lee, at all would be trying to lead. They're spineless cowards. Uh, so on the, on, on, on the face of it, the only thing that would change would be the advocacy. Now, the, what, how that could benefit things down the road is that you could conceivably, if you were Speaker of the House or Senate Majority Leader, you could go and you could rally the base of all of these different congressmen and women and uh, senators. You could go rally their own bases in their own backyards if you wanted to. Uh, but on the face of it, just changing leadership wouldn't have that huge of a difference at least not instantaneously i agree with everything kim said again now we have not agreed a lot on 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 these fridays this year but today today has we're been, in sync right because we agreed a lot on the round table for those guys to be leaders in and of itself would require a massive paradigm shift to occur in the republican party meaning matt their their becoming leaders doesn't institute a paradigm shift 
the fact they were able to become leaders indicates a paradigm shift had already occurred. Right. The reason McConnell is still there is there's no one else that can get 51 votes. And if there's anybody that could even get to 40, it would be somebody you and I would not like. Cornyn, pick somebody else. That kind of a person. Same problem you have. What is it? Is it is it two thirty five in the house? Is that the number? There's no one right now that can get two hundred and thirty five or whatever the number is in the house. And the only people that could even get over two hundred, you and I wouldn't like either. So, the answer to your question, Matt, is yes, but it may not be for the. And I don't know what premise you're asking me from. But if the if you're asking me this question from the premise of if we could just change the leadership, things would be better. I disagree with that premise, and that's where I do agree with Aaron. Right. But you indicated that as well in your answer, I did. meaning that these guys only become the leaders once the paradigm's already shifted. There's no way under the current paradigm they can assume leadership. That's where Aaron is right mm-hmm. in his pessimism. The, the the ground the soil has to be tilled and 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 nurtured and crop, the crop planted before you're going to get the harvest. Right. So you're right, Matt. But but what would have to transpire for your scenario to occur? You have to understand, you mentioned Louis Gomer. Vast majority of Republicans in Washington, D.C. are embarrassed of Louis Gomer. They think he's a clown show. Now, we love him. But most of the Republicans in Washington, D.C. think the guy's a clown show. It would take a massive paradigm shift to accomplish him being in leadership. This is where the Freedom Caucus came out of. You know, we we tried to unseat Boehner several years ago, but we couldn't get Jim Jordan or any of these guys to run for speaker. So we essentially just had a vote to vacate the speakership in the hopes that if if we denied Boehner the votes he needed to become speaker, that would create a vacuum that someone would then fill. Right, that's a little bit of what Trump is doing with the Obamacare subsidies right now, which, as I said on the TV show, you're being lied to. These aren't subsidies for the poor. We already have an, a giant subsidy for the poor called Medicaid. These were subsidies that were given by government to stop Obamacare from collapsing four years ago, guys. And, if, and these have been all adjudicated in federal court. It's illegal. Because appropriations, do appropriations come from the, white, from, from the executive branch in the Constitution? No. Where do they come? Congress. Congress didn't issue these appropriations, didn't issue these subsidies. The White House did. So they're illegal. On top of that, we already have a subsidy for poor people. It's called Medicaid. These weren't, these, this wasn't making Obamacare more affordable. It was avoiding it collapsing even sooner than it's already collapsing right now. And, and that's why Trump, I think, in the White House was smart to get rid of those subsidies today. Because it will cause rates to go up even higher. It will cause even more people to lose their coverage. Good. Because it need, we need to clearly, clearly just asking the Republicans in Congress to keep their promise to repeal Obamacare wasn't enough. They clearly need a different level of pressure. And that's what Trump is trying to apply. I'm completely in agreement with this. Everything that the liberal media is telling you cutting these subsidies will do, that part's true. They're lying to you, though, about these subsidies, what they actually are. And they're, not, and they're lying by commission and omission when they tell you or they don't tell you that these subsidies are illegal. That's a convenient talking point to leave out, don't you think? 
But where I do agree with them is what the impact of taking these subsidies away will have. And but the difference between me and them is I'm good. I'm glad to see it. Clearly, just asking Republicans to keep their promises politely doesn't work. So let's put a little pressure on them. Let's take let's 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 remove the fig leaf, the last remaining Band-Aid from Obamacare. And then let's see if maybe the Republicans are willing to keep their promises or not. I think this is the right move by the White House. That's the kind of pressure that will have to be applied and the change that will have to occur before you could even contemplate any of the men you just named to me, Matt, ever even getting double figures in votes for leadership. It's what we tried to do when we got tried to get rid of Boehner a few years ago. Nobody would step in. So we didn't have the votes to vacate the speakership. So we tried to create this half measure, and that's where the Freedom Caucus came from. If, if Jim Jordan or these guys, Mark Meadows, if they're not willing to be the singular symbol against the Republican establishment, then there'd be strength in numbers and let's put them all together in their own independent caucus, essentially. And it has actually worked fairly well. Hasn't been perfect. But it's, it's better. And I, when I say better, it's not better than Hillary. It's markedly better than things were two years ago. Although it's still not where it needs to be. And you know why? And, and it won't get to where it needs to be until we have a, we can challenge, we, the culture has changed enough that somebody who actually believes what we believe could get into leadership. I mean, look at who the Democrats anointed for their speaker when they got the House. A Marxist from San Francisco. They essentially made Louis Gohmert in lipstick their speaker. Louis Gohmert's the embodiment of the Republican base. Outspoken conservative from a can't-lose conservative district. That's why they would never make him speaker. Because they hate us. So there'd have to be a massive cultural shift to make him speaker. Making him speaker won't cause a cultural shift because until there's a cultural shift, there's no way he'd have a chance to be the speaker. Good question, though, Matt. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go next to um, James, who is in Eureka, California. He says, um, I have a question for you guys. I believe the Constitution shouldn't be a living document, but what do I say to people who say that um, the meanings of the Bible have been adjusted over time to fit with society, so why not the Constitution? Thanks, and keep up the great work. I would begin by asking, I don't know what you guys think, I'd begin by asking, what meanings of the Bible have been adjusted over time? Yeah. Aren't we having a fight right now over the fact we are unwilling to adjust the meanings of the Bible? Isn't that the argument we're having right now, Todd? Yeah. Okay, so what what meanings are we talking about? I'd ask them, and I and I would I would not offer, I would not offer any suggestions. I would make that an open ended question. What meanings of the Bible do you believe have been changed over time? I'd ask them that, and see what they say. See what they say. Because, for example, if I'm Jewish and I don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, but I'm I'm serious about my religion, I could make this argument. I could say, well, yeah, you guys, you Christians are reverse engineering the Old Testament to, to line up with, what, with your narrative of Jesus. And I view that to be changing the meaning of the Bible over time. I prom I'm pretty sure, though, James, the people you're talking to aren't, aren't that theologically sophisticated to make that kind of yep. case. All right? You're going to talk to people who, if you just ask them in an open-ended case— Nothing serious is going to come out more times than not. You're going to get the comment section at Vox is what you're going to get. But you need to make them expose that. 
Because if they're not serious intellectually, then it does not require a serious intellectual answer in response. Thoughts? Well, yes, I get them talking first. but in, if we address it with specifics, I'm curious: is he is he coming from a more robust? You know, there's grown-ups having real conversations about biblical hermeneutics and how we uh, interpret scripture, and then there is just the the Rachel Maddow squad who comes at you with, "Yeah, well, shellfish and right. cloth <laughs> and yeah, and pants on women." So, yeah, so uh, I'd be curious that the kind of conversations he's having, it, it, you know, the, the the latter is so easily, easily debunked that um, you you know that the, the good, there's no goodwill on the other side because even if you debunked them to their face, yes. they're still going to use it uh, because, the, because there's so much, quite frankly, you talked about ignorance on their side. There's a lot of ignorance on our side. Well, wow, he does have a point. We don't do you know, the <laughs> shellfish thing. It's a, that's a re, my whole salvation seems like it's on its very, you know, axis being confronted like that. Hmm. No. But the other one, biblical hermeneutics, obvious. I mean, we're in a room right now. Yep. Right. Of people who don't agree on interpretations of some pretty fundamental line so you can have those discussions that's why i'd ask the question though yeah. open-ended yes well and, and i, I would like... I'd, I'd, I'd put at least 90 percent odds they have nothing serious to yep. offer along oh. the lines of any yep. point you just 90? raised that's it <laughs> gosh we have we have changed his mind on quite a, he pretty soon dude we are away we are aaron we are days away days away from todd walking in with the tulip rocks yeah. t-shirt we are days he's, away he's the most protestant days catholic away. i've ever heard of. we are days away if not moments away from todd going i heart the council of dort we are days <laughs> seconds away seconds away i sense it i oh, sense mercy. it coming yeah i can see that coming and you're absolutely <laughs> right to uh ask open-ended questions especially if uh especially if the person you're arguing with is a progressive because We've talked about this, especially a lot of times, it seems like in the last couple of weeks, uh, sooner, like literally sooner than later, they're just going to indict themselves that A, uh, whatever argument they're trying to make will not stand, Mm -hmm. or B, uh, they really don't have any clue what the hell they're talking about. Most of the time, I would I would say the 95, 90% of people who you say won't have a serious argument will say something like, well, the church used to say that uh, homosexuality was wrong, and now that... No, I mean, those those are the types of arguments you're likely to get. And, to get. and by the way, your emphasis on literal, what in the literal hell they know what they're talking yep. about. Because mm-hmm. when they open their mouths, there's 90% oh, they, odds they know, hell is coming out. They know what the hell they're talking about, yes. what the literal... Yes, you're yes. right. Mm-hmm. Kim. Um, James, I... I agree with what the guys are saying, but I also like to go down the road of living document and flesh that out. What do you mean by living document? Because, you know, on the one hand, it is actually a living document in the sense that it can be changed. Um, you, you you can have amendments. It's an Article 5 thing. So, you, you know, always point them towards, look, there's a process for this. There's a legal process for changing the document. Yes. Yeah, because first of all, I reject the premise of putting the Constitution on the same uh, line with the Scriptures either. And this is some arguments I've had with some of the Ron Paul people in the past who act as if this is some document that can't be altered and must always be interpreted in a lens of 1791. Well, the first thing the people who wrote the Constitution did to it, what's the first thing they did after they ratified it? Well, they amended it. it. They amended it. 
did they amend it once? Twice? He times a Haiti buckwheat. How many times did they amend it, Todd? Ten. Ten times, guys. Ten times. Now, how often have we gone back and thought we did something really brilliant? Like when I write something, Todd's my editor, I have him look at it or I read it to him. Not often. Even Not often does it require ten edits, though, do you think? Not often does it. Does it? No. No, because I try to put a lot of thought into it. Now, I'm not doing anything nearly as important as the Constitution. And, and I'm not the founding fathers, many of whom were Harvard, were Harvard and Yale grads at 16 or 17 years old. Okay? And even them, when they got done, they were like, it's missing, some, it's missing a few things. We have this providential document here that wouldn't happen without God's guiding hand of history. And now that we're done, though, we're like, yeah, we miss some stuff. All right? So any th- the, doc- the Constitution may be an inspired document, but it's not a sanctified one. Meaning... The men from history who composed it outside of their normal capabilities may have done so with the hand of providence. But in and of itself, it's not Paul's letter to the, to the Galatians, okay? It's not scripture, guys. So, it, it, in, you know, the Bible ends with a warning about amending it. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the Constitution ended with, we will now amend it, <laughs> all right? There's a process for amending it, guys. Why? Because even in that is its brilliance. Even then, these men were acknowledging they were just what? Yeah, fallible men. men. Paul doesn't end his letter to the Romans with, now, in case I got any of this wrong, or, you know, 150 years from now, you guys decide, you know, Rome falls and you're free men, and maybe some of the stuff I'm talking about now is doesn't necessarily, you know, apply. Feel free to get together and hash this does it Does he end any of his letters like that? Nope. What ends like that? Constitution does. So right away, there's not a moral equivalency there between the two. I'm, I am the ugly American, and I will own that poop, okay? <laughs> that being said, it's not the Constitution isn't the Bible. It's not. So right away, putting him on an equal footing, I don't agree with that premise to begin with, from right or left, frankly. Any thoughts on that before we move on? No, I'll go. No, okay. All right, okay. Uh, this is from Jeremy Frankel. And he writes, in a country where things sometimes seem to get worse by the day, what advice would you give on staying positive in everyday life? How can we get away from the chaos and be happy, happy and hopeful? (laughs) You do realize you're sending this email to the Steve (laughs) Day Show, right? (laughs) Jeremy. A shut in, an ugly American. Yeah. Hey, you, you guys fill in the blank for me. I'm not going to give myself my own nickname. You go from the most Protestant Catholic in America to the guy I get emails about who changed his hairstyle for every show. I get that a lot, too. There's, there's, could, could, there's no style. That's the thing. That's the point, I, yes. I, so I, a shut-in, ugly American, no style yes. having. I just put okay. some goop in my hand and run my hair through it, hand through it. That's it. There's no yes. style. Yes. Back off. And when it looks like it's blow-dried, it's only because it's been very windy in Des Moines those days. <laughs> All right. I to to seriously address this question though, I would ask or I would caution, I would say, conflating realism, which is what we try to do on this show, truth be told, conflating realism with being negative. Hmm. Sometimes the truth is not very positive. 
and sometimes we and sometimes we are legitimate, legitimately down, and sometimes we are just. Uh, I, well, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I think I uh, I can be guilty of being needlessly pessimistic, uh, like you'll see in the uh, second part of our uh, you know our Christmas movie preview uh, when we talk about Star Wars. There, there are some times where I think I'm a little bit needlessly pessimistic, but I. I can, I can only speak for myself on this as well, but I think I know um, for the rest of the people in this room, um, we know where our hope is ultimately. That's why we keep coming in here every mm-hmm. day and right. doing this show. Does that always come through? Maybe not, just because of the subject matter that we tackle every day. But I would I would say to, to Jeremy, um, if he is a, if he is a person of faith, and I think I know who this is. I think he's written a few times as well. Um, know where your hope comes from. Let that be the motivator of your life. Not political change, not cultural change. Let the motivation, the sole motivation for what you do, why you believe the things that you do, um, let, let your faith and let your, the, the true source of that faith be the, the sole motivator. Agree with that wholeheartedly. Let me add something far more trivial, but I think almost as important, though, is everything Aaron just said would, would, would be my lead. And I think it's the primary way to maintain the perspective that, Jeremy, you're asking us about. But I think, it, I think that in and of itself, though, won't do it. Because while that might be 80% of the, of the equation or 90%, we are still earthly beings have things in your life away from the events of the day that you enjoy that bring you joy that are fun God made the earth and then what did he do rest Jesus takes time away to rest have your own Sabbath. Okay? For Todd, you know, it's one of them, and by the way, it can be more than one, but obviously for Todd, one of the primary things is your involvement in your kids' uh, youth sports, Ainsley's running, soccer with the kids. Aaron's a shut-in, so, you know, so, I'm not really yeah. sure what his is, you know. <laughs> well, it's he building, likes to build coffee tables. Building coffee tables yes, and coffee drinking tables. wine from a box like a fancy person. <laughs> That's an adult juice box. Hello. <laughs> I love, I, you know, I, 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 I love doing stuff with my kids, hanging out with my wife. Uh, football season's one of mine. Um, have things away from the events of the day where you can just be a guy named Jeremy and Todd can just be a guy named Todd and he's just a guy named Aaron. You're just a chick named Kim. I'm yep. just a guy named Steve. It is important to not have this consume you. Absolutely. Now that in and of itself, without what Aaron said, won't do it for you either. Because ultimately, you'll, you, won't, you, you won't have the boundaries in place to not let this eventually get in and ruin those Sabbath areas of your life at the same time. Because it'll become all-consuming. The only way this doesn't become all-consuming is if we have the eternal perspective that Aaron talked about. But, you know, we are, we are still earthly vessels. So I think we need to have something in there that is some fun a sanctuary that we retreat to where this is our Sabbath. This is where we work all week and this is where we rest, Kim. 
Absolutely. You know, you guys said it really well. And Jeremy, you know, just a little, um, trying to be a little um, open with you. There are times when I um, struggle with actually trusting in God's sovereignty. And I'm wrestling not with him necessarily being sovereign, but in his timing. And I want the truth to be known and I want, you know, eyes to be open. And and so that's that's an area that I um, wrestle with. But you're right. There are times away from it that are um, refreshing and joyful. Uh, only thing I'd add is um, we we get so caught in our now uh, that we tend to lose perspective. Read history. Read church history. Read American history. Read world history. And you will find comfort in the fact that this is just life. Uh, in many respects, we've we've kind of been on uh, cruise control as a, a, a culture uh, in American culture that it, it's not the norm. It has been the exception. Uh, to the rule and i think in many ways we're returning back to the rule that's going to be uncomfortable but there there is peace in knowing i I, when i counsel people uh uh, on the faith and they're just they're so locked in to their fallenness their brokenness their sins and like and i just i can't get past and i say man man, are you selfish why can't you get past it how are you so special you're, that's the thing you need to get over. You keep talking about your sins. No, the problem is you think you're so special. You're like the rest of us. You screw up. You make mistakes. Now let's get on with it and try again. And that there, there's peace in knowing that what we're heading into right now is, again, it's not an exception. It's the rule. So take one day at a time and know uh, that the, the, the answer, the victory is already at hand. And that is a good place to end it, um, because it's it is rare these days we get to end it with uh, something uh, cheerful and optimistic that's not snarky or cynical with some serrated edge, but it is what it is at face value. So let's let's take advantage of that here on a Friday. Don't forget promo code Dace at CRTV.com to watch today's Dace Group and all of the shows here at CRTV each and every day. Have a great weekend. Until then, John three seventeen. is Steve Dace. I like it, you.